Welcome on in to the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Today's episode, we're going to be covering the past two games for the Jazz against the Sixers and the Raptors, and we'll be looking ahead to their game against the Kings coming up on this Saturday. So, um, Jazz are now on a two-game winning streak. Um, They've started to get things figured out since losing to the Miami Heat on last Saturday and losing or having a uh, two and six record for the last um, eight games I think you know the Jazz got off to a, a I think a seven and three start and then you know got off to a little bit of a skid but they've gotten things figured out um, since then um, but anyway so the first game was Tuesday night. Jazz played against the Sixers. Now the the Sixers were shorthanded. They were without Joel Embiid, and then you know Ben Simmons has been out for the whole season with all the drama that's going on over there. However, I will say this though: that exact same Sixers roster without Joel Embiid, without Ben Simmons, beat the Denver Nuggets last night. So there's no excuse for saying that. Um, the Jazz had, you know, no chance of losing this game. They they did. Um, if the Sixers played a good game and the Jazz came out unmotivated, you know, they they could have very easily lost to this uh, this Sixers team. They absolutely dominated on the defensive end of the uh, of the floor and on the boards. Um, I think the final score was 120 to 85. Um, the big biggest story of that night was. George Niang making his return back to Utah. You know, he was with the Jazz for, I think, the last four seasons. Um, and then this offseason, you know, the Jazz decided to go for a bigger, more versatile um, defensive-type forwards with Eric Paschal and Rudy Gay. And, you know, George Niang moved on, and he signed a deal with the 76ers. He's been playing really well for them. Um getting a lot more minutes than he was with the Jazz, averaging, I think, about 12 points a game, you know, knocking down threes. He's been, you know, it's been a good move for him, Um, but it was kind of cool to see him back with, back in Utah, Um, but, you know, the Jazz just absolutely dominated um, this game with the Sixers. They were able to get uh, the, you know, the the secondary guys, the guys that usually don't get to play, they they were able to get them a few minutes on the court. Guys like Trent Forrest, Jared Butler, uh, Yudoka Azubuki, uh, Elijah Hughes. No, I don't think Elijah Hughes played. I think he was sick. But, you know, those type of guys. Um, so then heading into the next game, which was a little more exciting of a game, it wasn't as much of just a straight blowout. The Jazz played against the Toronto Raptors. Now, the Raptors were without OG Ananobi, um, which is might be their best player. Um, you know, they have him, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet, where you could argue with all three of those guys whether, you know, who's the best player on that team. Um, but this is a team that I think they'll probably make the playoffs, but they won't be a, a high seed at all. Um, and in the first half first half plus like the first five minutes of the second half it was a very even game and the Jazz weren't looking great um their defense was still pretty good 
but they, you know, the offense just really wasn't clicking. They were playing a lot of iso ball. Um, the shots weren't really fall, falling. Um, and then the second half, they started moving the ball a lot better, knocking down threes, and the defense really um, clamped down, and the Jazz were able to win, I think it was 119-103, to 103, I think it was the final score. Um, the big story of that game, though, was Rudy Gay made his season debut for the Jazz. Um, Rudy signed with the uh, with the Jazz um, over the summer, um, but he had a surgery done on his heel um, to fix a bone spur, and he you know it was a six month recovery. He had the surgery back in May. We're now in middle of November, and he's getting back for his first game, and he he looked awesome. Um, he definitely needs to get his wind back and get back into game shape. But that will just come with time. But he was knocking down shots. He he put up 20 points, went 7 for 8 from the field. Um, it looked great on the offensive end. On the defensive end, he looks a little lost. He's just going to have to – it's just going to be more time on the court with uh, working along with uh, Rudy, Gay, Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside um, to get things figured out there. Um, now – it's a good thing that, you know, Rudy had a good game, you know, and, and didn't go out there and go like one for eight from the field and struggle because then we'd start to hear the uh, the negativity from the Jazz fans. Um, at the same time, though, he, he set himself an unrealistic bar. He, again, he went seven for eight from the field and put up 20 points. That's not what we're going to get on a nightly basis from Rudy. Um but if he can go out there and give the Jazz, you know, 10 to 12 points a night, you know, and shoot a pretty good percentage from the field, pull down, you know, four to six boards, um, and be a playmaker, be able to take smaller guards and just take them down into the post, take advantage of them on switches. Um, every now and then we'll, we might see Rudy Gay play in some small ball center, um, but it was it was just great to see him on the court, see him in that Jazz uniform. Um, you know, Jazz fans have really been excited um, to see what he could do since the Jazz signed him. And you know, now that we're let's see fourteen, I think we're sixteen games into the season, fifteen or sixteen games into the season. You know, now he makes his debut, and it was, it was great to see him out there and great to see him actually have some success and knock the ball down. And you can immediately see what the Jazz were talking about when they picked him up, the fact that he's going to have more room to work with um, with the Jazz's system. He's going to have more open shots. Uh, we saw some playmaking out of him. We saw him uh, grab the ball at the, at the top of the key, drive to the hoop, and hit a little scoop layup. Um, showed some good things on the defensive end, so it was really good to see Rudy Gay on the court and have some success. Um, but we just got to keep in mind that, you know, like any player, he's going to have ups and downs throughout the season. You know, he may have a few more 20-point games throughout the year, but he may have some games where he puts up four points or he goes scoreless or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, 
But I got to say, he is an upgrade to what the Jazz were getting out of Eric Pascal. So, unfortunately, with bringing in Rudy Gay back, now Eric Pascal has lost his spot within the rotation. That's not a bad problem for the Jazz to have. Eric was looking pretty good. Now, he doesn't space the floor as well as Rudy Gay does, and that, that was the biggest thing that was hindering them in Eric's minutes. But he is an animal on the boards. He's a very good one-on-one defender. Um, he's amazing at finishing at the hoop. He's, you know, he's a guy that knocks heads. He brings tons of effort. So when we do see Eric uh, Pasco get into games, you know, it, it, it's not going to be the greatest thing because that means either somebody's injured or somebody's struggling. But Eric has shown enough um, in his time with his short time with the Jazz so far to know that you're not going to have that big of a drop-off bringing him in. And that's something that the Jazz just did not have last year. Um, they just they did not have the depth um, to deal with any big injuries or, um, you know, guys just really struggling. Um, <clears throat> so now, you know, the Jazz are on a two-game winning streak. Now they are heading to Sacramento um, to play against the Kings tomorrow night. The Kings got off to a pretty good start to the year, um, but since they have gone, I think, I think they're one and six in their last seven, or one and five in their last six, something like that. Um, they've been struggling. Their only win as of late has been against the Detroit Pistons, which is a team that is not set up to win games right now. They're definitely in a rebuild. Um, but this is a Kings team that can they can sneak up on you. They play an extremely fast um, pace. The Jazz have played them twice already this year. They've been able to beat them both those games, but both times it's been it's been a battle for the Jazz. Um, Kings played an extremely fast pace. They have guys in Rashawn Holt, like a guy in Rashawn Holmes, and then also Harrison Barnes that attack the 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 glass like crazy. Um, Rashawn Holmes gets after it on the offensive glass, um, so. Rudy Gobert, Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gay, Royce O'Neal, Boyan, they're all going to have to really clash, crash the, the boards um, to keep um, keep the Kings from getting the advantage there. Um, they don't really have any star players. I guess De'Aaron Fox is like the closest to it, but he's just a, a really skilled point guard that can keep the ball moving. He really struggles shooting threes, and so I think the Jazz will give him uh, plenty of room to just let him go and see if he can beat them with his jump shot. He gets really dangerous when he can drive to the hoop and either create for himself or create for others. But around him, they have a lot of skilled role players and guys like Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, um, Harrison Barnes has, has been amazing this year. Um... Mo Harkless is not much of an offensive player, but is a very good defender. Um, Terrence Davis is a pretty good scorer coming off the bench. And then they have a decent rotation of bigs and Rashawn Holmes, Tristan Thompson, and Alex Len. However, the the two times that the Jazz have played them, Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside have kind of beat up on the Kings' centers. Um... So this is a game that, for the Jazz, uh, 
it, it's still probably going to be a tough one for them. They're going to have to really hustle, not give up a bunch of transition points, and then they're going to have to keep moving the ball like they did in the second half against the Raptors, keep the ball moving, um, make their defense or their offense, um, you know, more unpredictable to where the Kings can't just get into their set and then attack and try and get steals and get out in the fast break. Um, It'll be interesting to see if Rudy Gay plays in this one because, again, he's fresh off of an injury uh, or coming back from that, hasn't played really in six months. Um, Now he will have a day off, you know, today, you know, they're not playing. But it'll be interesting to see if he, he's going to play. Um, but this is a game I think the Jazz should, they well, I don't think they should win. They should win. I think they end up will end up winning it. But it's going to be a tough battle. This Kings team, they're, they're a team that's, that could sneak up on you. Um, if you're not ready for them, they'll, you know, they, they run such a fast pace. They could put up 20 points on you in four and a half minutes time. And before you know it, all of a sudden you're down by 10 points. Um, so Jazz are going to have to be ready for it. But I think that they can they can handle them pretty well. Uh, with the win against the, the Raptors, the Jazz moved back up into, I think, the third seed in the West. They were the number one seed for a little bit. Uh, but, again, they had their, their struggles there on their uh, Eastern Conference road trip. And then coming back. Um, the first couple games at home, you know, against the Pacers and the Heat. Uh, but I think they're starting to get things figured out again. Um, but with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and go Jazz.